When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. And welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee, and with me is the star of the show, Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Not too shabby, you? I can't complain. It's uh, We didn't do this last week. It had a bye week, so it wasn't a whole lot to talk about, but... Um, this week got a huge game coming up for a lot of different reasons. Week 10 against the the Packers in Green Bay, which Seattle sucks at playing. I haven't won since whatever it was, 2000, 1999, something like that. Anyway, Russell hasn't won there, and he will be back. Russell Wilson will be back this week. Um, I saw one article that said something about, oh, the weather's supposed to be good. And then I looked up the weather in Green Bay. And maybe I looked it up wrong. I looked it up today. And it was like snow showers and 39. And it's not like Wilson can't play in cold because it gets cold in Seattle. Seattle's a different kind of cold, though. If, if nobody's ever been to Seattle, it's not like it's dry and freezing. It's wet and damp, which brings a, a bit of humidity to it and changes things, right? But there's it's 39 in Green Bay and it's with snow showers. Not like accumulating snow, but just snow showers. So my concern, and I, I want to get your take on this, my con, my concern with Wilson coming off of that finger injury isn't that he can't play in the cold, but your hands get cold faster than the rest of you, right? And he's dealing with a finger injury. My concern is how is he going to deal with that finger injury in the cold weather? Yeah, and, that, and it is, if I'm not mistaken, I know Chicago gets windy, but I think it gets pretty windy there too. It's not you know, it's not like it's a it's a comfortable place to, you know, the fans are just crazy anyway, so they're going to show up, but, you know, they do their thing. But, yeah, as you were talking about that, I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, at least that pin's out of there because the pin won't freeze up. But still, yeah, I mean, you got – everybody knows your extremities get the least circulation, and then that needs circulation. Of course, Wilson's a different animal. I mean, who knows what that guy's – you know, if he's going to drink some more of that – miracle water that he <laughs> so forgot about that That's funny. i mean it, it that is a concern because that is you know he's got a obviously he's probably got some circulation issues going on with it anyway when it's injured out there but yeah it'll be interesting to see you know the funny thing is too is you've got two i would say you know five six quarterbacks in the nfl both coming off health issues you know, coming back for this game by weeks and health or health issues. Um, so it ought to be an interesting game. <laughs> yeah, right now it's according to weather.com, it's going to be a.m. snow showers. So that's fine. Mainly during the morning, it says high as 39. And you brought the wind. It's supposed to be 10 to 20 miles per hour. So, I mean, maybe it's not snowing. And I'm not worried about the precipitation because the NFL does one of the good things they actually do. Um, instead of like, you know, penalizing players when they should be penalized is cover balls and stuff like that and make them dry for, for play. But, um, 
39. Yeah, I'm worried about that finger. I haven't heard anybody else talk about it, and maybe it's different. I mean, you can put your hands inside the pockets on your jersey that you have, but I don't know. Coming off a finger injury, it's different with a knee. I mean, a knee's bad enough, but you can overcome that in the in the cold. But if you're gripping a ball with that finger, I'm I'm worried. I mean, if he comes back at like 70%, maybe it's better than Geno. Although I think people are selling Geno shorty. did have five touchdown passes and one interception. And looked better against Jacksonville, who somehow won against Buffalo on Sunday. That was weird. But, um, you know, I feel like they limited Geno, especially in the Steelers game. They didn't let him do anything. And really in the Saints game, he made a couple of stupid mistakes. But I don't know. He got sacked just like Wilson did. My concern for the offense is, okay, Russell Wilson's back. But as we saw early in the season, even with Russell Wilson, they'd have a good first half. And then they'd suck in the second half. And I don't know if this makes it any better. The offense that much better, as strange as that sounds, with Russell Wilson coming back, does it? Well, the thing, too, is, I mean, Geno Gino Smith got thrown into a situation where, okay, he's the backup quarterback, Russell Wilson's out, and Chris Carson's gone. So, you know, and, and Alex Collins did a you know pretty good job. Rashad Penny didn't get hurt, which is a positive there. But still, I mean, he got thrown into a situation. It was a, a virtual, just don't get killed too bad situation. And I, I think Gino did all right. I mean, I don't, you know, he was, he made some mistakes. But like you said, he got sacked. And Wilson would get sacked just as much. I mean, uh, you know, maybe we, maybe we, we probably win against the Steelers. Um, maybe beat the Jacks, maybe beat Jacksonville a little more. But I, I don't know that it would have been all that different with Wilson in there, but yeah, against the Steelers, it was kind of weird because it was, you know, people, people complain like, Oh, people don't want to come. We'll get into Odell Beckham in just a minute, but people don't want to come to Seattle like Josh Gordon, who hasn't done crap in Kansas city so far, but um, you know, they, they don't do anything. They don't want to come to Seattle because Seattle wants to run Pete Carroll specifically wants to run the ball more. It's like, He's they've they've passed the ball 56 percent of the time this season, and that's including the games against the Steelers and the Saints with Geno Smith. The pr- The problem is that they don't they just don't run. They don't do anything consistent enough. They don't establish their run well enough. You brought up the Steelers game. They actually did that in the second half. That's when they got all their points is when they started running the ball. So the quarterback wasn't the problem. It was the play calling. But I guess I guess my concern is. You know, just just how good, consistently good, because they have to be good throughout this whole game. They can't have one good half and then play badly in the second half and still win this game. And they have to win this game because now you're looking at the Packers followed by the Cardinals and the Cardinals look, I mean, they look great even without Kyler Murray, right? And then you've got a Rams game coming up in week 15 that the Rams are all out, you know, with Von Mil- adding Von Miller. And we'll go ahead and get into Odell Beckham. That's a, that's a, that's a loss. First of all, the Rams always beat the Seahawks anyway, but they're much better than the Seahawks. The Seahawks are looking at three losses if they don't win in week 10, correct? At least three losses. Yeah, that's, you know, the whole Beckham thing. I don't want Beckham on my team. I don't know that he's that good in the locker room. You know, he's, yes, he's a great player. He's kind of, you know, he's, had some issues lately, but I don't know that he's that good in the locker room. I don't know that we have enough 
passes in our offense. And by the way, our offense is not creative at all. No. It, it hasn't been, and it's very apparent to me that Pete Carroll runs the offense. And, Mar- and Brian Schottenheimer was correct in that. I've said it before. I, 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 this offense resembles the Rams offense zero. And <laughs> there's no creativity at all. And, you know, I guess they run a couple fancy plays last game. But, I mean, you know, so – but, yeah, Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham, I don't want him on my team, but if I knew the Rams were going after him, then I would take him just so the Rams wouldn't get him because that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I saw an interview, the Monday night was it the third was it Monday night? I think that's Thursday today. So Monday night game when they're talking with um, Aaron Donald about how smile how much smiles he has about getting Von Miller. I'm like, oh my god, what? And so that's going to take pressure off of me. I'm like, oh, that's just. <laughs> I mean, those obviously they want to win now. The Rams want to win now, and there's no question about it. They're going to do what they have to do to win now. the The Cardinals unexpectedly are good this year. I'm kind of still waiting for them to you know lose a few games. I think the Rams are still the best team in the NFC West, and they are getting better. And it's yeah, the next we could lose the next three games very easily. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to lose Sunday because I think Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's going to come back. He's got a little bit of, uh, um, probably a little bit of fire in his belly and, and, uh, you know, a little, little thing, a couple things to prove. And even a 70% Aaron Rodgers is better than half the quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> it's funny because Aaron Rodgers probably will come back from testing positive for COVID and he comes back like the day before the game not that that matters he's only missed one game who cares he could sit out three weeks it wouldn't matter but um yeah i mean it's kind of weird that he he may come back and i agree with you because i think he'll come back with kind of a chip on his shoulder but it's like doesn't he really only have himself to blame so but you know as as athletes they're gonna find any kind of extra motivation they can and I mean, DK Metcalf does it weekly, right? When he's drawn to whoever is trying to cover him or whatever. I mean, that's just how athletes are, top-end athletes, and I don't blame him. And he is going to come back extra motivated. I, I, In a way, it sounds weird, but I'm kind of glad that Jordan Love just kind of laid an egg against the Chiefs because if he had played well and Aaron Rodgers came back, then I'd be thinking, wow, Aaron Rodgers is going to be extra, extra motivated, right? But – um you know, we didn't see that. So, but, and, you know, assuming here's the thing. I mean, the Seahawks defense has played better over the last three weeks. The, the Jaguars, again, somehow they beat the bills nine to six. I have no idea how that happened. And then they played the weeks before that they played Jameis Winston, who isn't good. And then they played the, the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger isn't good. So they've done the same thing they had last year, which is they ran into a, string of games where they played against bad quarterbacks or quarterbacks who aren't ready to succeed. So the defense looks better, but now the biggest quarterback test you can face in the NFL to me, Aaron Rodgers is week 10 and you've got a motivated Aaron Rodgers. To me, this, this is a breaking point for the year and the future, not because of how good, the Seahawks are going to be the rest of the year, and maybe they make the playoffs. They make the playoffs, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they're just not. 
unless something weird happens. But this game has a big um, has something to do with the future of the team because if they come out and they lay an egg defensively, first of all, the season's done. But there needs to be immediate changes, right? And it can't just cover up the last three stupid weeks where the defenses look better because they haven't faced anybody. This is a real test. Yeah, well, there's there needs to be. I, I I think there should have been changes already. I don't think there's gonna be, um, even if they lay an egg. And yeah, the defense have gotten has gotten better, but but still, I mean, there's on on paper that defense is just ridiculous. Um, you know, Jamal Adams still hasn't hasn't uh, played up to seventeen and a half million dollars a year. Carlos Dunlop isn't you know, doing what he's supposed to do. Taylor's been hurt, you know, is hurt. That that the he's one of the best players on the defense. Quandre Diggs is playing well. They still haven't figured out that uh um cornerback position. Um I don't even know. It's it's uh making the playoffs at this point is kind of like last you know last year to make playoffs I'm like, well so what? I mean Big deal. You get you get a get, you're gonna go buy a shirt that says a- AFC West or NFC West champions and and because they're not gonna win anything else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's um they gotta win this game on Sunday, which I don't think they're gonna do. Um, and it's 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 gonna be a mess. And then the like you said, the Rams have just their head and tails above above everybody else. Well, the great thing is if Seattle finishes with a bad season, they have that great first round draft. Oh, no, wait, that goes to the Jets. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a – I just don't under, I, I have a feeling – I mean, Jamal Adams has no quarterback hits this year and no sacks, which is – if somebody had said that to me before the season started and they're eight games in, I would have said, oh, Jamal Adams must have missed seven games, right? Yeah. So, but he hasn't. He's been healthy. And he – you know, he played a little bit better against the Jaguars. They haven't faced any receivers the last three games. I mean, all the the receive good, the best receivers for the last three teams they've played, they haven't played. They've been out. So this week they've got Devontae Adams, and you know, I, I, people are talking about DJ Reed. Who well, I like DJ Reed, but they switched him to the right side, and that, oh, that's made such a huge improvement. What's well, made the improvement they've made is because they haven't faced. They've been facing players like me. You know, it's like anybody can cover me. So I just I have a feeling receivers at the other side. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody to cover right, left or right. It's like you just cover somebody. It's not like you're facing quality competition. But my my feeling is that we we go into this game and we have a regression. I'm about to make a joke about Tennessee and Kentucky, but uh, um, we're going to have a regression where it's time of possession and the Packers just dominate time of possession. They just are completing all those crossing patterns and beat Seattle like 30 to 10, even with Russell Wilson, because that's what we see. It didn't matter if Wilson played or not. The offense was too inconsistent and the defense couldn't stop anybody. Um, and, and you know, I almost, I almost tweeted out just for sarcasm, like, oh, time of possession doesn't matter when you've got what was it 46 to 13 Kentucky and Tennessee and Tennessee wins 45 to 42, which is the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever seen as far as a stat. But uh, the difference is honestly, if Josh Heupel, if people don't know what we're talking about, University of Tennessee football beat Kentucky, 
if Josh Heupel were to say, you know what, I want to be an offensive coordinator in the Seahawks, I'd fire Shane Waldron in a second and yeah. bring Josh Heupel in. But they just don't. I, I so far I don't really have any faith in Shane Waldron because he never called plays before he got to Seattle, and he hasn't proven he can call them for an entire game. Not, not at all. I mean, it's like I said, it, it's a disaster. You look at him on the sidelines, and he just looks. Whenever they show him on the sidelines, he just looks confused. I'm like, dude, what, what is, what is going? And then this Norton Jr. guy. I, I was talking to somebody at, at work the other day, and they were talking about. He's talking about, yeah, did we got Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn. I'm like, quit mentioning Dan Quinn's name, <laughs> dude. You're really pissing me off now <laughs> because he should be back at the Seattle he goes oh yeah that's right dude yeah but, yeah it's a it's a mess it's just the the thing it's just there's just no creativity I mean that's that's the thing that gets me I mean it's right every every run is right up the middle um I guess they run that uh, jet sweep a couple times a game but um, it's pretty obvious when they're going to do that. So it, it gets shut down every time. Um, Eskridge, if he was back, he might get a few more yards cause he's fast as hell, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's a little discouraging cause you know, we st- thought the season was going to be with some of the moves they made and, and it looked good on paper. And, you know, we knew the offensive line wasn't going to be all that great, but you know, the defense just looks stacked and, it's just been kind of a disappointment, but yeah, especially the pass rush. It's been a huge disappointment. You you kind of brought up creativity. It's kind of weird because you know you think about like when the when the offense early in the 2010s, when the offense didn't really have to do anything creative because they had that defense was which was if not the greatest defense in NFL history, one of the best, arguably, inarguably one of the best. But they still did, like you think about stuff they did, even in the NFC Championship game. I mean, they had John Ryan throw that touch. I mean, they did stuff. Now they just, they play like they're scared offensively. Like, don't make a mistake. Throw it deep. Panic on third down and long and throw it deep. Run up the ball, run the ball up the middle, but don't do anything weird. It's like, where did that go? I mean, it was, Pete Carroll was still the coach then. Maybe he felt like he could do stuff like that. As you mentioned, Carroll is kind of running the offense now too. It seems like, and he shouldn't be, but maybe he felt like he could do that then because, Oh, I've got the defense to back me up. Now he's like, I don't really have the defense to back me up. So maybe we should just do two conservative things on offense and defense. Cause defense, they don't do anything aggressively either. Right. He sit back and let the completions come. Yeah. They had a crazy offensive line then too. I mean, there was, that was, that was um, when that fell apart. That was kind of the end of it. And they just really haven't been able to rebuild since then. But that's that um, that offensive line was nuts with Carpenter and those guys. Jeez. But didn't even but, people complain about it then, right? Like, oh, we need an offensive line. Like, uh, you know, Max Unger was you know, never should have got rid of that guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you mean Jimmy Graham wasn't worth it? Worst <laughs> trade ever. <laughs> But I mean, Carpenter, it was like, oh, Carpenter's not blah, blah, blah. And and players leave. They go to Indianapolis and then become all pros or whatever. It's kind of crazy. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the offensive that's there are two frustrating things, two main frustrating. We knew coming into the season, the cornerback situation was going to be iffy. And DJ Reed, 
has ended up being okay. I think Trey Brown will be good. And Sidney Jones has played a little bit better, but you know, we didn't have Sidney Jones. They they didn't sign Shaquille Griffin. We're not going to get in. I'm not going to get into the cornerback situation because we knew that was a problem, but we thought the offensive line would be better. And we thought the pass rush would be like it was at the end of last year. And the pass rush has been awful. I mean, Carlos Dunlap has been terrible this year and he's been healthy and there's no reason he hasn't been better than he has. Um, the way they use Jamal Adams, I mean, I think that's more on Ken Norton Jr. than Jamal Adams. He can't cover, but that's, you know, we knew that already. But we thought the offensive line was going to be better, but when they have to throw the ball, they, they can't. They can't block. They, and, in fact, against the Steelers in the second half, they, they blocked well. But you think about all those yards, any of the yards that Alex Collins has gotten recently, he's gotten those all on his own, right? 90% of them. It's just, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And, and, you know, we're talking about the Rams. It's win now. Well, yeah, it's the NFL. Win now if you can. Because I don't know if the Seahawks are going to be better next year or the year after or the year after that. We've seen them digress over the last few seasons. What what are they going to do that makes them better? Russell Wilson's getting older, right? Yeah, and Russell. Bobby Wagner's Russell, getting older. The thing about that offensive line is, and Russell Wilson's lost a step at least three quarters of the But step. they don't let him keep the ball either. You know, it used to be where he would, he, at least it was an option. Now, every, even with Geno Smith, I hand it off to the running back and pretend you're going to keep it. Nobody knows. Nobody thinks you're going to keep it because no quarterbacks do for Seattle. It's just so frustrating. Yeah, he had, he had tons of rushing yard. I mean, that was the threat. He was a dual threat quarterback. And he, you're right, he's not anymore. He's not a dual threat quarterback, which that was a huge, that was a huge, um, advantage that we had whenever he'd he'd roll out like that it's like what's he gonna do you gotta they'd put you know they used to put a key a guy on wilson on some games but yeah you can't they don't do that anymore so we shall see and I, who knows if he's gonna be here next year i kind of doubt it i mean if he is he is but what are you gonna do with bobby wagner's con- bloated contract he's still great but you know he's not the player he was but he's still Still the best, honestly, the best defensive players they've had this year. Wagner has a ton of tackles, but Quandre Diggs and Daryl Taylor are the best defensive players they've had this year, aren't they? Yeah, aren't they? Yeah, and then what's going to happen? Well, I guess Taylor's still on that rookie contract, but did they did they sign? Did Diggs get more money or not that, yet? Okay, yeah. Well, he's going to want more money, so we're, guess what's going to happen to him? He's not going to be there, and then Taylor will be there until his rookie contract, and then we'll pull a Frank Clark and <laughs> to him. And God, it's, you know, it's just, it's, uh, and then we'll, like you said, we'll get that first round pick that we don't have, um, unless we trade Wilson for some picks, but who knows? <laughs> Maybe it's better. They don't have a first round pick cause they can't pick them. I mean, Jordan Brooks looks like he's going to be okay, but other than that, I, I still don't understand the LJ Collier thing makes no sense whatsoever. Like he starts every game last year. He's not all pro, but he's a feasible player out there. And it's like they still don't play him. It does. Yeah. I, I just don't you, know what their plan is. You talked about that on one of our shows, and then the next day there was an article somebody wrote about exactly what you said. Something's going on in the locker room, and they've got some issue with him. It's like, hmm. I just I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. So I mean. You're looking at possibly, I don't know, 
you've got $13 million in cap space currently, and that could roll over because they're clearly not going to spend it this year. That could roll over till next year, and then they'll have like $63 million current, or no, $68 million. Of course, then you've got to rework or extend uh, DK Metcalf. That's going to cost a chunk of change. And he's worth whatever you pay him. He's worth it, right? Especially and they got that. They got to keep him. I mean, you could franchise him, but then, I mean, maybe Bobby Wagner reworks this. But I just, I, I'm starting to. This sounds weird because I, I defend Pete Carroll and John Schneider because the Seahawks have made the playoffs nine of eleven years that they've been here. But I don't know what their plan is. It's not. It used to be like when they came in. You remember how it was? They, they came into the team and made what 200 and something changes. It's like, what are they doing? Well, they're making the future better at this point. Honestly, I don't know what their plan is. Yeah. And it kind of seems like that all the time. And even last year we were going, what are they doing? What are they doing? Oh, look at who they signed. What's going on. Oh, look at that. And we're like, Oh man, these guys are geniuses. Look at this team. <laughs> and it's not what we thought it was going to be. Mm-mm. Cause they didn't make any really big moves this off season. I mean, who'd they bring in? They re-signed Dunlap. Yeah, they re-signed Dunlap and Adams. And, I mean, yeah, really it, not much. They got Could've, complacent. You can't do that in the NFL. Should have got Geno Atkins. Is he still out there, right? Did Thanks. he sign with somebody? I don't think so. I was, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, what happened to Atkins? Nothing against the defense, interior defensive line, because if anything, the interior, like Al Woods, Puna Ford, Monet, they've been good. Because you don't really run in the middle of the Seahawks defense, but I don't know. It's just such a frustrating season. I mean, yeah. three and five, they came out of the playoffs, which sounds ridiculous because everybody's mediocre, but I think they're going to lose the next two. I think they'll be three and seven. Oh, that sounds ugly. It does, but hey, there's always hope for 2022 somehow when they keep bring back the same exact players that they have. That's right. You still need a center? I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. I just hope they have a plan. They've got, surely they do, based on their success. Something. I don't know. So what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and play like Aaron Rodgers always does. Um, Russell Wilson's going to come back and play like Russell Wilson's been playing. And we're going to lose by two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I think actually, I think you're right. I think what happens is they, they Russell Wilson gets sacked five times because um, why not? It's not not his fault. I think a lot of the pressure will come from the interior of the defensive line. Um, and I think this, whoever is playing center, Ethan Postick or whatever, is, you know, people were saying, oh, the communication was better with Ethan Postick against the Jaguars. They were playing the Jaguars. So that's not a real NFL team. I, and how the Buffalo coaching staff handled that loss against the Jaguars, I don't know. I'm not a Buffalo fan, but that's embarrassing, especially for a good team. But – I just, I mean, I think whoever the Seahawks center is on Sunday, assuming it's Ethan Postick, it's just going to get run over. So I think Russell Wilson gets sacked five times. I think Aaron Rodgers has 350 yards passing. I think Devontae Adams probably has 160 of those. 
and they can they can run the ball a little bit, but I, I feel okay about the Seahawks' run defense. I think the issue is that they're going to get exposed again for what they really are, and I think they lose thirty-one you seventeen. Know, yeah, that's that's probably fair. And yeah, the one thing I listen I listen to Pat McAfee's show pretty regularly before this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I just the guy he's funnier than hell, but I listen to him, <laughs> Sam Mad Dog quite a bit, and um, I lit, I was had it on when that when Rodgers came on that Friday um, it was pretty interesting but one thing he said on I think it was Tuesday they asked you know he's asking about coming back and he said there's one there's a possibility there's one health hurdle that he has to get over he didn't say what it was I'm really curious what that is hmm. and because obviously he's not going to test because you can test positive up to 90 days but he said there's one health hurdle I got to get over and McAfee can you know, I didn't really ask him what it was but he didn't say so I, I that's I, ever since i heard it, i'm kind of like what the hell is the health hurt that he has to overcome i don't it, weird it is weird that you say because it's true i mean you can test positive up to 90 days but he has to test negative i mean because he had covid he didn't just test positive he had symptoms so it's it's weird that um it just makes you wonder I'm looking at Twitter right now just to see most of it's like, oh, is Aaron Rodgers lying? I, I don't care if he was lying at this point. I want to, I care if he's playing on Sunday. The funny thing is, I mean, okay, he lied, he lied, he misled, he misled. If it was anybody else but Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, it would be a third of the story it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, not everybody is is vaccinated. I, I I mean, I guess he did say the thing about immunization, like he was immunized or whatever. But um, I don't know. It, even even some of the reporters like, yeah, we probably should have asked a follow up, which you know, and he he lied, misled. I mean, whatever he did, but but like I said, if it was anybody else it, besides those two guys, it'd be eh, you know. I mean, he's getting he's getting harassed and getting bashed more than. Um, Rugs is for driving 157 oh my miles gosh. <laughs> or but Devon Dalvin Cook for you know those pictures oh my god but yeah what happened uh, Dalvin Cook did I miss oh, that beat somebody up I just I saw one of my buddies texted me the article oh my gosh yeah it's somewhere Suggs was Suggs right Rugs Suggs Rugs Rugs 156 miles an hour what he was traveling when he hit that car slowed down to 127 before he made contact I think. oh is that what it was oh. <laughs> well if he's only going 127 i mean maybe he's not even at fault for the accident so yeah that's like just once you know wind speeds of 150 to 170 i mean you know that's right yeah i don't know i'd put him at like 70 percent at fault yeah i mean that guy he'll be in jail so we won't have to worry about that but i don't mm-hmm. know Anyway, so I I said thirty-one seventeen. You have a you said two touchdowns. You have a prediction final score for the game. Uh, I say thirty-five twenty-one. Ooh, nice. I'll take the twenty-one. But that's sad. Like I actually take the twenty-one points. That's hopeful to me. So I don't know. We had twenty-one points in the first half when they lead twenty-one seventeen, and then can't score in the second half. It's probably what's going to happen. But, but he's, got, he's got a couple of good moon balls in him to DK, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen. Tyler Lockett's going to have 10 catches for like 
95 yards, and DK will have three catches. Two of them will be touchdowns. That's what they do. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's that's our show. Thanks for listening. Kev, as always, Kevin has the final two words. Go Hawks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.